Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, February 20th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all. Today really is all about you and what you want to talk about. We have no guests. We have no theme. I've got a ton of odds and ends I could talk about, but I'd rather find out what's on your mind today. So pick up the phone and join me. Anything goes. It's a free for all. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all you want to talk about, jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. A couple things I want to talk about. Uh, it's going to be a little political, but I uh, won't spend a lot of time on it. I do have a lot of material this week for a commentary. I've just got to find some time to record it. We're starting to get a little backed up here. We've got to get ready and hit the road here in a couple of weeks for an event and trying to wrap up some things. And there's a lot going on. But really, what I want to talk about today is it is political. I'm going to just spend a couple minutes on it here while we're lining up some calls. There's already some calls coming in. So jump in. What's going on right now in East Palestine, Ohio? Uh, one, I'm, I'm very familiar with it because that's where I grew up. Both Lisa and I are from that area, very close to there. It was less than a year ago. Lisa was there 10 miles away from where the train derailed, getting a condo ready to sell that we had owned for a while. We sold the house there a couple of years ago. So I'm very familiar with that area. My One of my first driving jobs was right there. I went to East Palestine a couple times a week. Covered that whole area right there. Something is wrong with what's going on there. Zero coverage for the most part from the mainstream media. I see a little bit of coverage from Fox. Almost all of my news is coming from, you can't even call them independent journalists. There are a couple of those. It's just people that care and they're down there trying to report on what's happening. And there's no mainstream media. The government has basically ignored the entire situation. So all we have are what the news we're getting from independent journalists and individuals who are reporting on their particular situation. And we don't know what the truth is. I'm seeing an awful lot of posts about water that just, you know, chemical blooms everywhere. You just touch the water. I'm also seeing reports as far away as Montreal and other places far into the Northeast where they're talking about the snow they just got is coming down and you can see the chemical rainbow in the snow. Is is all or any of this true? I don't know. That's why we need good media that we can trust. And that's disappeared. So I, all last week, I was really, really focused on this issue, trying to find independent journalists trying to find good reporting. There's so much about this we need to pay attention to. The air went one direction, kind of north and east for the most part. And we were hearing reports of people smelling it and seeing things, you know, around the Buffalo, Niagara Falls area, and then it just kept spreading. Like I said, I'm seeing reports all the way to the east coast now and and Montreal is that really true? What are the levels? What's causing this? Is it dangerous? I, I can't imagine that it's not. So the air went one way, the water goes the other. The water is all heading west and, and southwest for the most part. Although I have seen 
some diagrams where it will actually go northwest as well. We must have some river in there that runs north. What a mess. Why aren't we talking about this? Why isn't this being covered? So last week I was frustrated that this isn't being covered. Nobody from the government's been there. FEMA showed up and then looked like they tucked tail and ran like they're afraid to be there. I think they're going to be back this week, we hope. Biden hasn't been there. Kamala hasn't been there. Buttigieg hasn't been there. Come on, this is not even that far away from where they spend most of their time. So I was frustrated with this lack of response for the last couple of weeks. This has been going on a while now. Really kind of made me a little insane. Let's tie in another thing going on in our government right now that I don't understand. All this money and the support we're giving to Ukraine, we should not be. We should stop that immediately. This is not to protect democracy because Ukraine's not a democracy, never has been. So I do have a real problem with all the money we're sending over there. But I wake up on President's Day hoping that maybe this week somebody from the government, Biden, Buttigieg, Kamala, all three will be in East Palestine, Ohio. They're not. Do you know where President Biden is today? He's in Ukraine giving them another $500 million. What is going on here? And why aren't we pushing back even harder? Why aren't we screaming this from the top of our lungs and demanding something? I don't get it. Everybody now at least has a voice on social media. Get out and post this stuff all over the place. Spread it. Make people aware. Talk to people. Something is really, really wrong with what's going on. All right. I have a lot of things I could talk about today, but I do want to get to your calls and questions. So I'm going to jump in right now. Join us. Phone lines are wide open. 855-950-3835. We could talk about anything you want today. You know, to talk about what I opened with. I have a lot of other things I could go to, but I'd rather hear from you. So pick up the phone and join us. 855-950-3835. Going to head off to Kansas. Bob, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? I uh, watched an interview this weekend that just made the hair on my neck stand straight up, and uh, I just had to call you first thing. But have you ever heard of Cali Means? Have yes. you seen some of his interviews? Yeah, I actually followed oh, him on Twitter. Gosh. This, and I watched he, him on uh, Tucker the other day. Oh, my gosh. That is something else i i have never i mean he was telling the story about he was a consultant for coca-cola and how they paid off the NAACP to to go out and call people racist who were trying to get you know coke off the shelves or trying to or at least get it off the government programs and you know this whole healthcare system that is trying to be pushed to a single payer and that's this is being pushed by the insurance or not the insurance, but the pharmaceutical companies to get that away because more sick people, the more they have more customers and how the food system all goes into this to make us sick and weak and afraid. And this just makes us more dependent on them and their chemicals that they're pushing on us. I, I, I was, I was listening to his interview and I was like, Oh my God. I didn't know he was on Tucker, but I I watched a few of his YouTube interviews and just blown away. Yeah. I'm not sure where, why all of a sudden he came out of nowhere. Like a couple months ago, I'd never even heard the name. 
now all of a sudden he's everywhere. And, and, you know, he's not saying anything new, really. This is, we've all said this many, many times over the last, you know, eight or nine years we've been talking about this kind of stuff. You know, look at the the big industries that we demonize. You know, the big one right now is is gas and oil. You know, we're doing everything we can, not we, the, the government seems to be doing everything they can to kill that industry because it's so bad for us. And yet we absolutely still need that industry and we're going to need that industry forever. Even if we can convert to electric and solar, that's not the only thing we use petroleum products for, not even close. That industry is going to be around a long, long time. This whole green thing is being pushed too hard, too fast. It's going to fail. It already is. So we're, we're demonizing that industry and shutting them down and shutting down pipelines. And, and yet we look at two other industries, big food and big agriculture. And I can't think of two industries that have done more damage to humans than those. And, and what do we do? We just subsidize the hell out of those. Yeah, I uh, can. I just, I am overwhelmed. But I think his message is very clear because, you know, he's using words like this is violence against children and us. I know that's a whole term. Yeah, I'm going to push back on you because here's the thing that as much as I hate this, as much as it's destructive to, to have food like this available and have all the pharmaceuticals and everything, every answer to everything is another drug. I couldn't be more against any of this, but I'm also against calling it violence. To me, violence is one thing. That you physically come to me and do harm to my body physically. That, that's violence. Let's not keep redefining words. That no, makes me insane. No, it's not. It is violence. No, it's not. No, it's not it's because, no, here's why. Here's why, Bob. Nobody is forced. Nobody holds me down and pours a Coke down my throat. That would be violence. Just because the stuff is available is not violence. That makes me a little crazy. It's it's not violent. Everybody has a choice. Now, they may be very, very uninformed. I get that. That's why we're out here trying to inform people. That's the answer here. We have to inform people that this stuff is killing them, and it's killing them slowly. It's, it's, it's not too much to say that they control your life from the very beginning with food. And, and then drugs are the answer, and, and what a mess the whole system is. Couldn't be more against it. But I also don't want to go down that road of redefining terms. Okay. I, I see where you're at. I understand that. But, I mean, I, my mom is diabetic. And I've seen her, you know, for, for the last 10 years have to inject herself with insulin. And she still, to this day, she won't listen to me. She, she won't listen. She only she listens to other doctors. And right. She, Oh, just keep, I'm, the doctor said, just keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> right. And I see her weakening all the time, Kevin. It's awful. And she, she has been informed. She's heard my speeches over and over. This, I know you don't like that word, violence, but this is hurting her. She has been hurt. And there's I nothing it. I can do about it. 
get it. And and I hear your frustration and you know I'm just as frustrated. What have I said for eight years? The hardest part about this is once you learn it, once you learn how important it is, all you want to do is share it with people and we can't. It's so hard. And I will say it's because of all the brainwashing they've done for years. I, they have done a hell of a job of setting up a system that people have bought into hook, line, and sinker. They think there's no other way. And it's so sad. She did not need any of those drugs she's taken the last 10 years. They were not necessary. There was another way, a much better way. And and I, I get your frustration, but I also don't want to give them the argument. See, Here's the problem. When we're trying to debate this stuff, the minute you say violence, somebody's going to jump in and and then they can make that argument back. This isn't fight. Well, now we're totally off track. That's what I want to avoid. Let's stick to the real issue. The real issue is the pharmaceuticals and the big food companies have way too much power. And I don't even know at this point how we stop it. I totally agree about it, Kevin, but this is their tactic. I'm trying to say, or what I see Callie doing, that she's using their tactics against them. And by using terms like that, it makes people pay attention, I think. And, and I get what you're saying. Don't, re- don't redefine words. And I understand that. I know food isn't violence, but is causing harm in a way people the, aren't even paying any attention to. Then that's what we have to say. We have to say it like that. We don't want to give them an argument to fight back and just confuse the issue because that's all that ever happens. What we have to say is this isn't food. It's toxic to the human body. These toxic pharmaceutical drugs. One of my other headlines here that, that I was going to get to if I run out of calls are all of the drugs that keep coming out that are linked to cancer now. There's a Zantec now. So the PPIs. The metformin has been linked to this. A couple of the high blood pressure medications have been linked to cancer. Now, here's the interesting thing. It's not the drug itself causing cancer. It's the manufacturing process. That's why all these different drugs, even though they're wildly different, are all causing cancer because they're they're being contaminated with the same stuff during the manufacturing process. Now these things are, and isn't it coincidental, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe it's not, that it seems to be the most popular drugs. PPIs are either the first or second best-selling class of drugs in the world. They've been linked to cancer. Metformin, number one go-to drug for diabetics. Everybody's diabetic anymore, linked to cancer. High blood pressure. Do you ever hear of anybody over 40 anymore that isn't on a high blood pressure medication linked to cancer? This is what we've got to stop. We got we don't need to throw in a bunch of new words and redefine terms. We have all the proof and evidence we need right in front of us. It's about getting ears to listen to our message. I get it. It's what I do all day. I got it. I understand. I, hey, Kevin, I was just going to say that uh, at the East Palestine thing, I wonder if it has something to do with Biden's agreement that he did a few months ago on making the railroads go back to work and that thing where they didn't go on strike. I was just curious why he's not, why, why so much has been suppressed about this. Is it because of this agreement or his involvement in the railroad? Well, you brought up one I hadn't even thought of yet. 
And that's part of the problem when we have media that won't cover things, when we have a government that ignores things and there's no real reason. How do you wake up on President's Day with disaster like this that's coming up on three weeks old and you've ignored it and you wake up on President's Day completely unannounced and go to another country and give them $500 million? It, it's almost like it. It's like a slap in the face. It's almost like, look, we waited till President's Day and no prior warning, no plan to go to Ukraine. Has Biden been to Ukraine yet? Is this his first trip? I think it is, isn't it? It is his first trip. Yeah, I believe so. On, on yes. President's Day, while the country is dealing with this disaster, how much more obvious could you make it that you just hold our country in total contempt? that they are not wanting us to look at. And they're doing everything to get our views going to another place. You know, the thing is definitely. You bring up the railroad thing, the negotiation, the strike. I forgot all about that. I have seen so many crazy conspiracy theory like ideas. Are they right? Hell, I don't know. They're not reporting on anything. One of them, let's get really out there. You know how the government really wants us all vaccinated and and doesn't like large groups of people who aren't vaccinated. You know who live in that area? The Amish. Guess who absolutely do not get vaccinated? One large group of people that absolutely did not get vaccinated? The Amish. Come on, we're going to get crazy conspiracy theories like that because we're not getting any information. That's how these things come about. Could some of them be true? Certainly some could be. Have you seen this story? Because I I don't know if this is true or not. It seems like it. I've certainly dug as much as I can. Could it be a deep fake, all these videos? I guess possible. But have you seen this whole idea? story about just a couple weeks before this happened in East Palestine, they rolled out a new experimental medical ID program. Have you seen that story at all? Let me tell you this, though, because it's out there. There's tons of very good, legitimate videos that if somebody faked all this, they put an awful lot of work into it. Go look it up. Just a couple weeks before the train crashed. They rolled out a program in East Palestine, Ohio, with medical ID bracelets, with QR codes on them, with all of your medical history, and these track what's going on as well. And that way, in the case of a widespread medical emergency, the authorities come in and just start scanning wristbands. Come on, really? This has happened as far as I can tell. Why isn't that at least being explored and talked about? How come nobody knows about this? I can't believe it. I can't believe people would be willing to submit themselves to this. I mean, we have got to take our health care back. We need to start get away from Medicare, get away from these single payers, any kind of government controlled health care where we take control back of our own health. I think that is a key that we have to look at. And I thought that's what Callie Means was trying to say. And that's what made me think this guy is going to do, you know, I mean, bring a lot of ears, a lot of eyes to this story. I, I, hey, I, hey, Bob, don't don't get me wrong. I don't like one use of his word violence, but I will also say this. He's got a big platform. 
That's what we need. We need people like this. I don't care if they do it wrong. At least they're out there doing it. So I want to make sure that I go back and, you know, clarify. I don't like the use of that word. I don't think we should use their tactics against them. I think their tactics suck. I think we should stick to our guns and our morals and do it right. But I, I'm glad that he's out doing it. We need that. We need people with big platforms. So, yeah, I may disagree on, on the tactics. It's just my opinion. But I'm glad he's out there. And I'm glad he did come out of nowhere. Speaking of things coming out of nowhere, that, that seems to be another theme in our world today. Like, you know, CRT, where the hell did that come from? You know, it was everywhere and somehow we didn't know it. They, this ESG in, in companies and investing, where the hell did, did all these things come from? One day you wake up and it's like it's everywhere and it's been there and you didn't know it. And there's so much of this going on that it's hard to keep up with anything. How did we not know about this medical ID thing going on? You know, so many well, I things. I think a lot of it is, a lot of it is we get in our groups and we start arguing in our groups about that other group that's over there and what they're doing. And this, and I think this is what happens a lot. You know, so if you connect all these things that we've been talking together about today, these, they, they pitch these groups of us that are against each other. If it's race, if it's about diet, if, if it's the vegans against the carnivores, or if it's about what race you are or what color you are, what, whatever, all they have to do is stir up each other's pot into these things. And that's why we don't notice all of these big, important things around us that are going on. So, I've been saying this for a long time, and I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, you know, we have we have people in the country who just kind of ignore everything. You know, they always have. They don't really follow the news. They don't really follow politics. They're kind of wrapped up in their own life, and they go day to day. We're never going to change that. I, I think that's probably the majority. Then we have the group of people who are, you know, and I'll put myself in that group, totally on the other side. I, I have been talking with Lisa about it all week. I'm starting to get overwhelmed with this stuff. Uh, it's not easy to go through all day digging to try to find this stuff. I spent all weekend on it because I, getting to the point where I feel like something bad is about to happen, that we're reaching a tipping point, so many areas, so many things going wrong. But honestly, it's overwhelming. I, I would love to just turn this stuff off and forget about it. It's, it's making me crazy. My sleep is shot these days, the last couple of weeks. But there's too much going on right now. and. And it, there does seem to be some connection to all of this. We've, we've got China threatening Taiwan. We've got, I cannot believe we just need to be out of Ukraine completely. We should not send them another penny. And instead, on President's Day, our president is over there for the first time now. How much worse can it get right now without something really bad happening? We see the crime in our streets is is rampant and just out of control. So I don't want to spend my days doing this, but I don't know what else to do. But one one recommendation I would make to people, just try this. If you are a news junkie and you spend all your time in an echo chamber, you're on Facebook with people who think just like you, you're on Twitter and you only follow people who think just like you, you should see my Twitter following. Go look it up. I follow vegans. I follow hardcore Democrats. I follow news agencies that are hardcore left wing. We have to. We have to know that side of what's going on. How do I know all the things that are going on? Because I'm watching all sides that I can find. 
And I would encourage people to do that. If you are typically only watching right-wing media, watch left-wing for a day. If you only watch left-wing, watch right-wing media for a day. If you can find it, it's getting harder and harder to find. But we can't just stay in our own echo chambers here. It is That is the most difficult thing for me to do. I mean, I do watch a lot of health videos, and I try to go watch the other side. And it just seems like... They are only out to prove we are doing evil. Like, I I don't think vegans are evil. I don't think what they do at all. When they talk about carnivores or they talk about the keto people, they talk about us like we are evil. Correct. And and this is the thing that kind of caught my attention about that that stupid violence word. And I understand what you're saying. But they, they think at least I got that one thing that I can poke back at them a little bit. But. I understand what your, your point was about it, but when they talk about our side, and I'm a conservative too, and when they when the Democrats talk about us, we are evil. You right. know, we are. It, I don't have a problem. I don't call them evil. They're good people. They just have a different way of looking at things. But why do they talk about us like we are these evil beings from another planet? I don't, I'm from the same country, and you are more <laughs> you. you you would treat a Ukrainian better than you would treat me. Well, that's my complaint about our government right now. No, I know exactly what you're saying. And we're generalizing some because I'm sure there are some carnivores that, that treat them like they're evil, but not, not on a big scale. You can see it. The difference is we try to attack the diet and the thought process itself. They tend to attack us as human beings. Oh, yeah, I'm... I'm rotten, immoral. I, you know, I can't, I kill and and make animals suffer just for my own pleasure. I I can't tell you how many times I hear that a day from the vegans. When, when all we have to do is look, this isn't right or wrong. This is how the world has always worked forever and ever and always will work forever and ever. Everything on the planet eats something else. Some things on the planet eat other things that are alive. Many things on the planet eat other things that are alive. That's how the system works. It's not right or wrong. I I just think theirs is an ideology. Ours is something we do because it works. You know, I would love to go eat pie and cake and all those other things, you know, and have a Coca-Cola because, hell, they taste great. But I don't. Because I know what happens to me when I do those things. Yeah. It just works. Nobody ever thought, hey, eat meat, and that's it for the rest of your life. Or, you know, and every single, you know, I have a little bit of fun here and there. But you, theirs is some kind of, I don't know, this, this ideology that's so deeply ingrained about good and evil. And ours is just, hey, this works. This works for me. It don't have, you don't have to do it. It just works for me. And people look at you like you're completely insane. You know, I tried to help people in the past. I was listening to one of your earlier videos before you guys came on. And I've tried to, like, tell people in the past. I've tried to, like, even my mom, family members, best friends, not one of them has ever listened to me. Not I have not changed one person. My best friend has heart trouble, high blood pressure. He's, He's way, way overweight. Good guy, you know, I mean, has a wonderful family, and he cannot buy into this. And this would be one thing that he can help. Everybody always feels, when they think, oh, like, 
holy mackerel, hi, what are you doing? And you start to tell them, and you can just see their eyes start to glaze over, and they're like, oh, one of those, you know, you're a diet person. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Look, I get your frustration. I know I've said that from the beginning. It's the most frustrating part about this. You figure it out, you learn it, you realize how good it really... You know, I'll talk about something else. Let, let's go back. Because I've been involved in fitness most of my life. And diet, I've always been kind of a foodie. So none of these topics are new to me. I mean, I started in sports really early in life. I got into wrestling really early where weight was always an issue. So losing weight was important to me. So I've always been involved in in this area. I've and then when I started realizing in my 20s that I couldn't live and eat the way that I did in my teens because I was getting fatter already in my 20s, it started happening. And then 30s, I was fighting it. And 40s, I was fighting it. And I tried all the typical stuff they tell us, calories in, calories out, you got to exercise more. I've been through all of that. I've been through a ton of different diets with names and you know, every one of them helped me lose a little bit of weight in the beginning. None of them were sustainable. They were all miserable. None of them really made me any healthier, even if I did lose weight. One of the things that I never did when I tried all of those other things, you did not find me out trying to tell somebody else how great they were because they weren't. There was nothing great about them at all. And I kept trying them, but I didn't try to convince somebody else. This I do. I have from day one because this works. It works really, really well. And I, you want people to try it because you see they don't have to live like that. They don't have to be constantly talking about their doctor's appointments and what drug they're on. And how much you listen to other people talk. Do you hear them talking about this topic constantly? What medications they're on, what their doctor's doing with them now. How awful is that? When they talk about the milligrams, when they start talking about how many milligrams there are on this and how many, I mean, they're deep into those weeds. Right. I'm like, why? Why would you want to live like that? I know. I think it's like this, like we were talking about earlier, this victim nation that we live in, that people want to have a problem. They want to have this disease. Oh, my doctor said I'm diabetic. I'm diabetic forever, I guess. Nobody ever wants to find out, hey, is there a solution for this? I know. You know, my, my mom, I love her to death, but she thinks, hey, this is my thing. I get to I get to go see the doctors. The nurses pretend like they care about me. The doctor, he seems really nice, and he says nice words to me. He doesn't mistreat me like you do, son, to tell me to eat meat, <laughs> you know? And it is so crazy that people just don't say, hey, we are this species that has been evolving for millions of years. There was no doctors. There was no refrigerators for us. There was nothing. It was just us out there surviving. Why couldn't we still continue to do that if we feed ourselves correctly? There's obviously been something going on in the last hundred and hundred years or so that is making us weaker and weaker with each generation. Yeah. And, you know, we might as well just tie it into all the conspiracy theory stuff. When they make us weaker like this, we're so much easier to control. Absolutely. That is absolutely the truth. You know, when the, when they were torturing those guys, I know this is way off the subject, when they were torturing people in Iraq and Afghanistan and they would put them in those rooms 
What they do is they make you weak. They make you dependent. They make you afraid. And then they start getting information out of you. They start making you do the things they want you to do. And that is exactly what is happening to America right now. We're getting weaker. We're getting stupider. We're getting more dependent on the government. And that gives them more and more control. And they can lead us in any direction they want to take us. They can tell us a train accident that everybody can see in Ohio means nothing. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. And we're all like, oh, let's watch, let's watch football, the Super Bowl. That talk about groups of people that drive me nuts is all of these dads that, sh- that aren't paying attention to nothing. But, man, they, they know what, you know, how many touchdowns, how many yards this guy has. I mean, they know everything about everything on football, but they couldn't tell you what's good to eat at the Super Bowl party. You know? <laughs> oh, no, they'll tell you everything that tastes really good. Oh yeah, yeah. All we care about with food anymore. I, I was at a Super Bowl. I was at a Super Bowl party, and I was eating wings, and everybody else was doing, you know, all this other stuff. And somebody happened to say, "Hey, I thought you were on some kind of diet. You know, what are you doing? You can't eat wings." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, it's meat. That's what I eat." <laughs> what you? My doctor says you can't eat such meat. Well, that's what I eat for every meal. <laughs> Hey, you know, Kevin, uh, I just wanted to tell you. I We might as well go down one I'm more conspiracy point. theory road that that part of the country that we just poisoned. Isn't there an awful lot of farmland right there? Oh, yeah. Lots. Yeah. Lots and lots of farmland. Yeah, I am going to get even more picky about my food supply. I'm going to go back and, and look at you know, the farms that I might be buying from that may be in that part of the country may be affected by this. Oh, my gosh, Kevin. You know, this is one thing I always think nobody wants to listen to me because where I'm from, I'm from Southwest Kansas, right? And so everybody's job in Southwest Kansas is somehow connected to farming, right? You know, and and we grow, we grow all the wheat. And we grow lots of corn. Everybody's job is somehow connected to a farmer. And it, when you start talking to them, they maybe when they glaze their eyes over, what I was telling you, when they start to glaze over on me, this is their job. They're thinking, hey, my job is connected somehow or another. You know, I mean, there's there's crops consulting people, people you wouldn't even, they're engineers. They, they're not even farmers. They just tell the farmers what chemicals to put on their land. And hey, when to do it. When's hey, the perfect hey Bob, time? This, Bob, this is huge business. Bob, I, I know that over the years, I probably pissed off a few farmers. I'm sure I'm going to piss off more because honestly, the way we farm now sucks. It's not farming. Let, let's get real. You know, these people that want to defend our agriculture system, let's go back 50, 60, 100 years and, and really realize what a farm was and should still be. That's not what we have today. So when I criticize our farming, I'm not criticizing farmers. I'm criticizing the system. The system is a mess. It's been taken over by big agriculture. It, it's awful for everything. It's awful for our planet. This is an area where I can actually agree with the vegans. I totally agree with them. The way we raise our food today sucks and we have to change it. But I don't think we should change it to where we get rid of animals and we only grow kale. That's not the answer. The answer is we should raise our animals properly. 
and our food at you know, our plants. It just raise it all properly. Let's go back to farms the way farms used to be. I, I totally agree, but I don't think you should be afraid about criticizing farmers. Farmers are not farmers anymore. These are corporations. Don't care about people. All they care about is getting as much out of the land as they can. And when I say getting out of the land, and from where I'm from, it's about getting wheat and corn to grow no matter what. Yes. When I was growing up, we used to summer follow all of the land in Southwest Kansas. You had to always rest. Not anymore. I mean, in continuous crop, never letting up. It's not like, oh, I'm going to plant a few peas or whatever like you do in your garden. It's, it's constant corn. Out right. of every circle in southwest Kansas. It's constant wheat. Cool. It's constant everything. Don't forget it, soy. It, it is grown by chemicals and, and and fertilizers that don't belong, that are growing food that are making us sick and weak. I agree. Couldn't agree more. All right, Bob, got to move along. Calls are starting to pile up. Good stuff. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Brian, how's the air there these days? Oh, man. <laughs> I I don't I haven't felt anything. I just went through Columbus this morning. Um, I I don't know, man. I hope it's all right. Well, I'm trying the, to get as far north, and I'm going to. Yeah, the the air moved the other direction. You have to be careful of the water where you are. Yeah, I I didn't stop at any truck stops in Ohio or anywhere. Or nothing. <laughs> yeah, don't don't drink the water. So Actually, to... <laughs> you know, people should be yeah. very careful about bottled water even. Do you, there's an awful lot of brands of bottled water on the market that just come from somebody's municipal water supply. That's all it is. They're bottling the water that comes out of somebody's faucet anyway. And there are there yeah. are I've seen a couple of brands of water being posted that are bottled right in that area. But the, the bottled water I've got on my truck, as a case of it, I bought it like six months ago. So. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, my bottled water is going to come from someplace like Fiji now. <laughs> yeah, hey, so this is not what I called about, but, you know, you're talking about all these conspiracy theories and farming and all this other crap, and have you seen that, that they want to start, you may have already talked about this, but, you know, they want to put the, the vaccination in the food supply so that everybody's ingested with it. There's there's a problem with that whole thought. Vaccines don't work that way. I mean, we can't ingest this vaccine. If that were the case, why would we even be doing all these shots? Why wouldn't they just give everybody a pill? You, you can't. It, it yeah. doesn't work that way. So this that, that, that conspiracy theory doesn't even make sense to me unless they come up with some new technology that would allow this to happen. But, you know, whether they're giving that vaccine to the animals, which is certainly possible, we will get traces of it like that, that we could get some of the bad stuff out of the vaccine if it's given to animals and then we eat the animal. But I don't believe that we are anywhere near technology where we would actually get the spike protein out of this, which is the problem with this vaccine, yeah. is that spike protein. I don't believe that's possible. Right. Yeah, I hope not. Me too. Uh, that's scary. That's scary crap right there. Yeah, it is. But what are your thoughts on, are you familiar? I'm sure you're familiar with Patriot Supply, right? My Patriot Supply, you know, survival. Yeah. yeah. 
I've been thinking about getting like a case of, of that food, those MREs they have on there. And they, you know, I'm sure they're whatever, not the healthiest, but what do you think about them? Plus they have water too. They have little water packets too that I could. So let, let's just start what with, is, what is, let's just start with what I think of being prepared in general. And then we can talk about specific companies or products or things like that. Being prepared in general, I, I can't, make a stronger recommendation to people now that look, look around your house or your truck. If you're, if you spend a lot of time in your truck and you're not at home, could you survive for two weeks with nothing from the outside? And if you can't, if you can't just make it two weeks, you're in danger. You could, you could be really, really uncomfortable or even in danger in an emergency situation. You should be able to, to handle two weeks, meaning you have all the food and water, protection from weather, some cash on hand, all of those things. That's bare minimum. If you haven't done that, do that. Just get yourself prepared for two weeks. Then I would set your next goal to get yourself prepared for two months. And honestly, I don't think it's that big of a stretch to get yourself prepared for two years. It, what's the worst that yeah. could happen? totally wrong and none of this ever comes about and you have some extra food and water and and bullets hanging around big deal what's the downside there but if i'm right, right. look at what the downside could be so let, let's talk about specific products i'll kind of tell you how i did this it was an evolution and honestly it's not a bad evolution it, it came about totally by accident but the first time i read the book one second after and by the way, if you haven't read that book, go read it. It'll motivate you to, to do this stuff. That's it's what got me started. I went and looked at my pantry and, and I'm a foodie. I have a big pantry. And I looked at my pantry and I thought, I survived two weeks on what's in my pantry. But I panicked. I'm like, two weeks, that's nothing. And I, I started, I did start with that, you know, kind of survival kind of food. Mountain House is a big one that does a lot of freeze-dried and dehydrated meals. Patriot Supply. I started with that stuff. You know, I, I bought a probably six months worth of that kind of food. I will tell you it is some of the worst food on the planet health-wise. Not only is it a little bad, it's total garbage. It's a chemical shit show. Right. That's what it is. So just so we know. Now, will it keep you alive? Absolutely. And that was my first goal. I just want something quick and right. easy. I didn't, couldn't think through all this stuff. So I just bought a bunch of that. I still have it. It's got like a 25-year shelf life. So I still have that stuck away somewhere. I can promise you that will be the last food I ever eat. I mean, it, the only way I'm going to eat that stuff is because there is nothing left to eat. But it's not a bad way to start because it's quick and it's easy and it works. It's easy to store. It's easy to buy. You don't have to think. Just, just buy six months worth of freeze-dried survival food. Don't even look at the ingredient list. I'd be fine with that. I can help people do it better if they're willing to put in some time and effort. And that is you should be pressure canning and regular canning and fermenting the kinds of foods you eat every day. And that's that's my model now. I have a year's worth of the kind of food I eat every single day. If the apocalypse happened this afternoon, nothing would change about the way I eat. I wouldn't go from eating good, healthy, wholesome food to eating garbage survival food. 
that that's not my plan. Have some advantages. I have a lot of room. We built a big pantry. I have basically kind of a root cellar kind of thing. That'll be a secondary pantry. And But I've worked at this. I've, I've been working at this for about five or six years. So I think the better plan is learn how to, one, prepare your own food. A lot of people aren't even there yet. And then learn how to prepare your own food long term. So you're just eating the same stuff every day anyway. Right. I'm getting ready to go buy another pressure canner. I'm going to go buy the biggest pressure canner all American makes. And I'm going to get set up even more. I mean, I love the whole idea of pressure canning. I talk about it all the time. It's pure convenience. It helps me control the quality of my ingredients. And what a great skill to have when you can just keep canning meat that will be shelf stable for years. Yep. I'm trying to do all of that. I mean, I'm all about it. For me, the less dependent and the more self-sufficient I can be on, you know, less dependent on the government and the more self-sufficient I can be, the better. And but I live in a, a fifth wheel, so I, and I, I live in an RV resort, so I can't have a garden. And my pantry's small. I did buy the pressure, the Instapot Max pressure canner, so I can can four 16-ounce jars at a time. My problem is, well, I'm single and I'm, you know. I, probably do about 130,000 miles a year. I'm just challenged in the whole cooking area and, and shopping. And and so that's a real weakness that I'm trying to turn so into let me, a strength. But, let me help you shortcut but I'm with, this. Let me help you shortcut this. Here's what, here's what I would do if I were in your situation. And I don't even need to make any radical changes. You don't need to move. Here's what I would do. I would find the nearest self-storage facility and I'd go down and rent me a storage unit, and I'd put all my canning supplies in that storage unit, and I would also use it to store all of the stuff I'm going to can. And then you take a weekend off or a couple days here and there, and I can can, you know, if I get that, I'd have to go, look, my 25-quart will actually can 17 pints. That's like the biggest batch I can do. I can get a lot more if I do pints instead of quarts because I can stack them. So I can get 17 pints if I do it. So I'm assuming a 41 quart would probably get me somewhere close to 30 pints at a time. I can buy a double big propane, you know, burner with with two burners, like a little table, two big propane burners on it. I could have two of these things going. Technically... I could be canning 60 quarts in one batch. I could probably do two batches in a day. You could technically, if you had the right equipment, in in one weekend, you could probably can over 100 pints of meat. Think about how long that would last you. And that's one weekend. Right. Yeah, because right now I was actually considering maybe just eating MREs out on the road, making it because I don't don't have a... I have an older truck, man. I don't have hotel power in it. So, so I don't me, have, Brian, Brian, I, mean, I, gotta, Brian, yeah, I, go I would, if you want to yeah. go buy a bunch of MREs for that quick, you know, today I have nothing in an hour. I've got enough food to last me six months or a year. Go buy the MREs or the mountain house or the, you know, Patriot. Go, go buy that, but do not eat that stuff every day. That's total okay, toxic it's, poison. Right. It, it's survival food at the... Go ahead. I knew you were in the military, so I thought I'd ask you what you... you Oh, they are awful, (laughs) awful, awful. 
Yeah, don't, don't. Like I said, anybody that wants to buy that just to have a quick emergency backup, that's how I did it. I wouldn't do it again now that now I know better. Within a week, I could have more meat canned than, you know, even if I have to go buy everything right now today, within one week, I could have tons of meat canned. Okay. Well, I'm working on it. So it's like part of doing the hard work. It's all so hard work. Here's <laughs> one, more, one more thing I want to kind of encourage people. Go out and do this right now today. I think there's enough evidence that this is good in so many reasons. Let me throw in one more thing I would do. If I were in a hurry, if I were just starting today, I'd run out and buy all the canning supplies I could get. I'd go rent that storage space if I had to, and I would go find a local regenerative farm, someplace I could drive to, and I'd buy a half a cow or a pig or or whatever. I'd get it right from the farm. Yep, that's exactly what I want to do. So, hey, that book that you mentioned, I've heard about it. Is it available in in a book form or is it audio only? It's definitely available in book form because I read it. I don't know if it's available on audio okay. or not. I think it is. He's got a new one coming out that's called Two Years After. Yeah, he's at, there's, there's actually three books. There's three books in the original series. There's one second after. I don't know. It was like one day after, one year after. There were two more stories. And now, like you said, years later, I read this book many years ago, five or six or seven years ago. Now he's bringing out another sequel two years after. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that for sure. So uh, on to my question I called about. Um, I've talked to about five different CPA firms, and I'm getting a different answer from every single one of them. So I was hoping that you could just really shed some light on this for me. I need to know when it makes – so – I set my stuff up as a sole proprietor. I didn't form an LLC. I did not even know that I'm out here driving and if something happened, if I caused an accident or something, that they could come after my personal assets. Hey, Brian. I didn't even know that. Brian, I want you to yep. stop right there. There are reasons we form corporations and limited liability companies or LLCs. Those reasons never have anything to do with what you just said. Ignore that whole issue. If somebody's telling you that you need to form a corporation to protect your assets, run the other way. Okay. That's bullshit. Here's why. All right. Well, here's why. First off, let's talk about the real answer here. Nobody likes to hear this, and I'm not criticizing anybody, but the people you and I, the people I'm talking to every day and myself included, we don't have enough money to worry about. Nobody's coming after us. If somebody sued you today, what would they get? Do you have a million dollars in assets that are easy to get to? Then why would they sue you? Why would anybody sue you? You have insurance. They're going to go after your insurance. Maybe you've got a million dollar policy. They can get a million dollars there. But hell, attorneys today, if they can't get a minimum of a million, they're not going after anybody. Why would they come after people like us? Nobody ever thinks about that. You have nothing for them to take. Well, that makes sense to me because the company that I leased to, it was fine just, you know, doing setting up a sole proprietor and everything in my name as long as I had an EIN. And Of course it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Not for liability reasons. For tax reasons, we could talk about a corporation, and we will. But for liability reasons, first off, you have nothing to protect. There's nothing. I'm not just saying you. People in our, you know, things we do don't have the kind of money 
They're coming after. They'll go after our insurance. Fine. That's why we pay for insurance. Let's say you did have enough assets that you needed some sort of protection like this. Forming a corporation wouldn't do it. You're still making too many of the everyday decisions in that corporation, and you can be held liable. Okay. Makes sense. Now. So I fact that you got five different answers from, you know, CPA firms is kind of mind boggling to me. This isn't that complicated. Well, well, the five different answers was when to elect to be taxed as an S-corp. I can tell you real, real simple. I, I don't know what their five answers were. Here's the answer to that question. As a small business owner, you form an S corp when it saves you more money in taxes than it costs you in expenses. That's it. Okay. That include, because one, one firm told me, oh yeah, we charge you 1800 bucks to set up an LLC and, and, That'll include a 30-page operating agreement with oh, all of tell the, the tell them people. to Tell them to go take a hike. You can go set up your own LLC for about 50 bucks online. And we don't need no 30-page operating agreement. My God, you're a single truck, small business. Find a good... It, okay, just, okay. So, find a good tax preparer and let them do this for you, right? None of this... So we, so we don't need it. We no. don't need an operating agreement. It's important. No, it's not. Not at all. Okay. Because uh, ATBS told me that too. They said they could set the LLC up for 600 bucks and would not right. include an operating agreement. You're going to get a standard. Hold, hold on. You're going to get a standard boilerplate operating agreement, which is just fine. We don't need some complicated 30-page document. But even even look at what just happened here. Not $1,800. They're going to do the exact same thing for one-third the price which now makes some sense. It shouldn't cost. And I would rather see you pay somebody five or 600 bucks to do it. You can go do it yourself really cheap, but do not pay those outrageous fees because they're giving you all this other crap that you just don't need. Now, when you said it makes sense tax wise, what are you talking about? So what numbers, what, I think you said 60,000 one time on one of your shows. It's still about right. Still about right. If you're paying tax on more than $60,000, and when, when I say paying tax, most people don't know what their net is because they have no accounting system. We at least have to go back to your tax return and find out what your net revenue was. That's the only thing that matters. How much did you pay tax on is the number we're looking for. Once that number goes above about 60000 then we have a strategy where with an S-Corp, we can start paying you a salary lower than 60000 and we can avoid some self-employment tax that way. Okay, but we also need to take into account the payroll taxes, right? That's why I said my formula is when you can save more tax than you spend in expenses to do it meaning the cost of forming the corporation, the cost of corporate filings every year, the cost of doing your payroll, the added cost of doing your accounting and paying for a a corporate tax return. We have all those expenses. We have to get to a point and 60,000 starts to get us there. 80,000, I can promise you we could cover the expenses and still have tax savings. So that's the strategy. 
It's going to cost us some money to do this. We have to make sure we're saving more in tax than we're spending. Okay. Now, one little last thing. Order for the I, I wanted to do this and set up and elect to do an S-Corp. I have to do it before March 15th. Otherwise, I can't do it until 2024. Now, I was just a part-year owner-operator, but I made uh, basically 100000 in five months. 60,000 was, was, was what I took home. Now, you know, obviously it's offset because I had a lot of expense up front. Wait, 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 stop. Stop. Going forward. Stop. Stop. You just said something that didn't make sense to me. You said, here's the number that I took home. And then you started talking about expenses again. Those should already be out of there. Okay. Well, I made zero then as far as the, Broke even. Wait, how? So I'm not, Did you have a ton of depreciation? Well, well, I will have depreciation. It'll be the first year that I'm going to have depreciation, and I'm going to take as little of wait, it as wait, possible. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, so stop, stop, stop. You're, let's go back to this statement you just made. At one point, you said, I took home 60000 Then you just said, I broke even. Which one? Uh, well, <laughs> so it's. Oh, no, it can't um, be. I can promise you it can't be one or okay, the well, other. Let's... And they're two very different things. They're explaining this okay. to me wrong or you're really confused about something. All right. Well, let me explain it to you. Um, I bought the truck, leased it on. And within the five months, I had like 60,000 ex of expenses. So I went in the hole like 60,000 over five months. No, you didn't. However, I made. No, you didn't. Uh, look, I. I'm saying that and I've never looked at your numbers. I have never, ever seen a case where a single truck owner operator was $60,000 in the negative ever. I don't, you're well, explaining something wrong or you're understanding something wrong. Okay. From the company that I'm leased, I grossed almost a hundred thousand dollars in six months. Okay. Um, I took home, I took home about 60 of that. Okay, but stop, stop right there. Let, let, hold on. Let's do this one step at a time so I can find out where you're confused. You grossed 100,000. You had about 40,000 in expenses, roughly based on what you're telling me, because you said you took home 60,000. That is your profit. Then in the next sentence, you told me you broke even and there was no profit. That doesn't make sense. Okay. Okay. So I did have 40000 of expenses that were operating expenses, okay? That was just the fuel and all of my insurance and everything that, that was required for me to, you know, that comes out of my – that was my settlements only. I had a bunch of repairs on this truck that I tracked separately in QuickBooks, which over five months came to roughly almost $60,000. So at the end of the year, yes, as far as the company's concerned, hey, I did hey, make 60000 Brian. That this mate, we yeah. might be getting somewhere now, and I've identified one problem, a big, big problem. Why would you track okay. maintenance separate from everything else? Why are you tracking what's on your settlement differently from what's tracking what's off your settlement? They're all business expenses. You did not take home 60000 You just told me you didn't, but then you keep saying you did, but you didn't. 
That maintenance is an expense. You can't just say it's not an expense because it wasn't on my settlement. Now, let me ask you another question. Right. Are you, did you have a bunch of money in savings before this all happened? No. I How was did you floating. live then? How did you live if you went I mean, six I, months and did not earn a penny? I did have some in savings, but um, I, I have very cheap expenses. So, so Brian, Brian, what we're now what we're starting to identify is your operation sucks. How, how and I'm saying this not to just criticize you. I'm saying because I think something's still wrong here. I've never seen somebody who could run a truck for six months and break even or lose money. I've never seen it. How did you spend $60,000 on maintenance and six, $10,000 a month in maintenance? Come on. How is that even possible? Because I bought an old truck. Well, hold on, Brian, Brian. If I take an old truck, I can put an engine in it for 20. I can put a transmission in it for 10. I can put differentials in it for 10. I'm, I'm only at 40,000 and I've replaced the entire driveline. How did you get to 60? It was just a combination of redneck diesel and Pittsburgh power and a bunch of other stuff. A bunch of repairs out on the road and. Ryan, I'm going to tell you, you really need to think about whether you want to operate this business or not. Because right now it's a train wreck. I didn't hear all that, Kevin. He said, yeah, he said, your biggest decision right now, in my opinion, is whether or not you really want to be in business. This is a train wreck so far. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my taxes filed and see what. Well, first off, first off, I can go back and make a recommendation here. Do not form an S-Corp. Yeah. It's the last thing you need right now. Okay. Why, why aren't you said that you've got some numbers on settlements and you're tracking maintenance for some reason in QuickBooks? Why aren't you just using profit gauges so you have a business report that I could look at for you now and go over all this stuff? Well, because I called in and told you that I had so much expenses that I wanted to track it separately to, so that the numbers and profit gauges weren't skewed. So that I actually knew what I remember what that call. My I remember that call. I would still get it all into profit gauges because you're you're just all over the place and there's a lot I mean, of this I'm that is twenty thousand. What's that? I mean, I'm on right side up now, Kevin. I broke, so I'm out of debt. I got completely out of debt the first of the year, and I've got twenty thousand dollars in the bank right now. How? So, see, something's wrong, Brian. You said you started with a little bit of money in savings. You didn't give me a number, but you said you had, first you said you had no savings. Then you said you had some, but you went, you, you had $60,000 yeah. worth of repairs. You had zero income and you only had a little bit of savings. So how did you pay off a bunch of debt and put $20,000 in the bank? Something's not making sense. I can't yeah, deal with numbers that don't make sense, and these aren't making sense to me. Okay. That money well, had to come from somewhere. If it came from your trucking operation, it's profit. But you're telling me you had no profit. Oh, well, here, let me see. Now I, now I understand. Now I know where I've got you messed up. Actually, a friend of mine gave me $20,000. That's part of the 60000 that that were the expenses to cover that. Which so I actually did make 60 and, and 40 of it was, was actually my money that, 
that I earned. Earned where? Where did you earn this money? Working for this lease of this company. I, I bring home like $12,000 a month. If no, you don't. Or you if you do, you lied to me about a dozen times. If you bring home twelve thousand dollars a month, you have a hundred and forty four thousand dollars in profit. And you keep telling me you have zero profit. No, I'm not lying to you. I've only been an owner operator since August 1st of 2022. I'm just talking about 2022. I made a hundred, almost a hundred thousand, grossed almost a hundred thousand just for 2022. Gross. 60,000 of that was. Wait a minute, Brian. You told me you grossed a hundred thousand in six months, but now you're telling me you net 12,000 a month. I'm not understanding. You are somehow telling me your net is higher than your gross, but you spent $60,000. Nothing about any of those statements makes any sense. I don't know what I'm missing. Okay. I don't know either. It's all tracked and propagated, and every one of the settlements matches exactly. In fact, the the P&L report from propagated matched my 1099 to a cent. Then all if, so I, if, it's if, that I, if all of those things are true, then you are very confused about the terms. Maybe I'm not sure. You keep saying I take home twelve thousand dollars a month. Take home means there are no expenses left to pay for the business. None. That twelve thousand dollars is your money to do whatever you want with it. You're telling me you do that every month. Then that's your profit. Yeah, except I was. Right. But you tell me, you keep telling me you don't have any profit. I'm just saying that I use the credit, I would run up the credit card like almost the twenty, seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000. This is the first I've heard about a credit card. Hold on, hold on. This is the first I've heard about a credit card. Now I'm going to go back to two things you've told me. You had to borrow 20000 from a friend and you're running your business on credit cards. You wouldn't be doing that if yep, you truly sure had $12,000 a month in profit. Well, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm I'm totally paid off of everything, and I have 20000 in the bank right now. And which, so I was trying to figure tell, out which, if I should. Which tells me, Brian, last year you did not break even. You did not lose money and end up where you are today. Do you, you see why I'm confused? Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. In one story, you make zero profit and you have all these expenses and you're borrowing $20,000 from a friend and you're running your business on credit cards. That's one story. In another story, you're netting $12,000 a month and you've got, you've got money in the bank. Those two don't add up. Well, well, that's how I started and that's where I am today. Well, there, there's a big piece missing in here. It's just math, Brian. It's just math and the math isn't adding up. You can't lose money and then somehow pay off debt and save cash at the same time. Okay, well, let's just move on to this, right? Okay. (laughs) If I'm going to be making that kind of money, if I'm going to be bringing home... Brian, Brian, stop. This is why I don't want to move on. You are now making an assumption that we can't prove yet. And you keep acting on what I think are just assumptions, I can't figure out, and I'm going to go back to this. I know you want to move past it, but I can't. If you're going to ask me advice about money in your business, I have to know the real numbers, and I don't feel like I do. 
Okay, well, can you pull up my profit gauges? You can look at them. Let, let's um, it's right there. Let, let's do this, Brian. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put you back on hold. I want more time because maybe I can figure this out from your numbers. You're also going to have to get me that that QuickBooks data that you talked about because you moved some of this into QuickBooks. So I have to have it all. I put you back on hold. I put you back in the queue. I'm going to have Morgan pick up. Morgan, try to schedule Brian for a call on Thursday, and I will go through everything he can send to me. Get get the uh, profit gauges account so I can go through that, get his QuickBooks data, figure out how we can get that. I'll go through it all, and maybe on Thursday we'll be able to straighten this out. I am so confused about these numbers, I don't want to make any recommendations right now. And we will... Uh, We'll move along. We'll go to Wisconsin. Tim, welcome to the program. Tim, are you with me? Yeah, Kevin, there. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. It was out of the truck there for a minute. Sorry about that. That's all. Hey, listen, uh, in regards to vegans, I actually, this is unique. Could be a one and only. I have a niece who's a vegan that is also a licensed dietitian. So, uh, well, it's an interesting story. Hey Tim, let me interrupt one. Become, let me yeah. interrupt one second because I want to. There's a lot of nutritional designations. You said a licensed dietitian. I'm not sure what that is. Is she a registered dietitian, an RD? Correct. Okay, they would they would absolutely yeah. buy into the whole vegan thing based on their training. Their training is all low fat, right. calories in, calories out, healthy whole grains lots of fruits and vegetables. I mean, that's right. their training. So I could certainly see a registered dietitian leaning towards veganism easily, yeah. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about vegans, though, is that they don't just become vegans. They actually get recruited. And kind of interesting how that process goes. And the only thing I can tell you is more of a cult than anything. Because it's not just about diet. It's about a list of about 10 things. You know, it's not just about eating the way you're supposed to eat or what they think is the way they're supposed to eat. It comes in, religion's a part of it. Treatment of animals is a part of it. And, and not only the treatment of animals, it's the, you know, putting animals on the same playing field as humans. And that is a recruitment process that they go, they usually go after young girls in college. That's how she got recruited. And so it, it's an interesting thing. And, it, and it, it doesn't surprise me that when you try to have a conversation with the vegan, you can't because and they are, that is a cult. There is no, there's no room for you know, competitive ideas or any room for conversation. Hey. Uh, they're dealing it from a cult. I, I agree, I do. Uh, and you do see it with, with all these other issues that seem to be tied up with it, even like the vax and the masking. Weird how, you know, you can see, I'm going to generalize somewhat, but this, there's very, very clear correlation here. All of the vegans that have come in contact with or fought with or been attacked by or, or whatever – all seem to be very, very pro-vaccine and pro-mask and also pro-Ukraine. I, I don't know what that's all about, but I, I see the issues I see with them, pro-mask, pro-vaccine, 
pro-Ukraine, pro-rainbow flag, pro-trans. I, so you're right. We're, now we're not just fighting about what we're supposed to be eating. It's like we get all this ideology wrapped up with food. But I'm feeling kind of ornery today. And I, you know, I was pretty hard on the last caller. Just the mood I'm in today. I could almost say all the same things about us. Don't we recruit? Don't we kind of sound uh, like a well, cult? Don't we get wrapped up with animal rights and the best use of land? And like the only thing that is different with us is results, right? Yes, I will agree with that a hundred percent. Yep, I will agree with that a hundred percent. But I'm not sure that our tactics are all that different. Uh, well, we don't get competitive. But we don't. You know, at least I don't. At least I don't anymore. You know, I, I mean, I could tell you story after story after story. You know, I let people ask and tell them what I do, and people just pretty much don't care. Although I do have a friend now that I'm kind of helping that is kind of buying into the program. And, and here's, here's what I always tell people, Kevin, is I'll tell people, you know, here's what I do, and I, you know, I, well, I, I read constantly like yourself, and I'll just say this, you know, I, I don't blame you for not believing in what I'm saying. I'll just say, we'll find a functional medicine doctor, go see them, you know, no word MD or doctor. Yeah, one of the big differences I see, many, many, many. Did I say many enough times? Carnivores and ketovores and people on keto or paleo, many of them have tried vegan and vegetarian. It's a very, very common story, myself included. I've talked about it many times. Almost every practitioner we work with at one point in their life tried veganism or, or vegetarian because they were interested in their health. And we thought maybe that was a healthier way to live. We all found out it wasn't. I very, very, in fact, I can say I have yet to find a single vegan who has ever lived a carnivore lifestyle. So they have a comparison. Right. The funny thing is, is, you know, more vegans convert back to eating meat than the other way around. And, uh, you know, it's, and again, it's, you do is, is results driven and you, you can't argue with the results, you know, as you say, any test, any science, you can generate any info you want. You know, so you could say, well, here, scientifically, this says this. But, you know, veganism, for the most part, is uh, what do they call it? You know, it's a new world experiment, you know, basically in the last generation or so. And you know, the practices that you preach go uh, <laughs> back millions of years, right? So, uh, and, and again, it's, you know, it's it just results-driven. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I uh, I read that woman's book, that uh, Primal Fat Burner, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, probably one of the, for someone that wants to read a book that doesn't want to get really engrossed in terminology, or it's a very, very good book, gives you a general understanding on why things are the way they are. And actually, in that book, it explains veganism. And as you said, most people that write these books that live a primal lifestyle now were vegan. And, uh, you know, and again, 
taking not just your diet into consideration, it takes in basically the whole planet, you know, because you are right. The way we treat animals on these big farms is not good for them. It's not good for us. It's not good for the planet. So that part of it is correct. But we know through guys like Joe Salatin, we know the direction that we need to go. Exactly. Yeah. I I agree. I'm not sure where we're going with all this stuff. It, like you said, it used to be just about the food. Now it's got wrapped up in our ideology and, and we're just so divided in this country about so many things. And this is just one more thing. And the sad well, part about this, here's the sad part. Once you start wrapping up all these other ideologies, you, you can't eat meat because you support the vaccine or, or whatever you might be thinking. You, you can't agree with somebody on what we eat because you can't agree with them politically. The sad part is their people are going to be unhealthy now because of their ideology. Well, yeah, but, you know, part of that has been going on. It's not just a who think, you know, that's been going on forever. You know, and it's, you know, to me, it's more of a lack of education or it's uh, the lack of people's willingness to take control over their own bodies and their own lives. That's the amazing thing to me, you know, being told what to think, what to do, how to do it, why to do it. um, Therein lies the problem. You know, there was a time in my life that, you know, I believed in a lot of these things and. You know, it's only been through, you know, results that have proven to me, you know, what the actual truth is. Yeah, I agree. All right, calls are starting to pile up on me. I'm going to move along. They uh, they all jumped in here at once. We're going to go to Ohio. Herschel, what's on your mind? Uh, if you can imitate Kamala Hala, I can try Paul. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Oh, man. I was listening to WLW Radio this morning, a podcast from Bill Cunningham. I know you remember him. Yeah. He was interviewing somebody that is 900 feet from the train wreck. I think I know who they are. All all kinds of health problems, and her baby's eyes are stuck shut, and she's got to use hot water to get them open. She's got uh, all kinds of throat problems and sinuses, all this interesting thing that Bill said. City of Cincinnati last Friday turned off the sucking valves for water at the Ohio River because they're afraid maybe there's something there. Of course, they say it's tested and there's nothing there. Wait a minute. How do you know? Wait a minute. You're right read this and i forgot all about this one there's so much going on with all this you're right cincinnati can't be any farther away from east palestine and still be in ohio than cincinnati they're about as far away as you're going to get from them and still be in ohio four four and a half hours probably drive from from there to to cincinnati and they have turned off the city of Cincinnati is no longer going to pull water out of the Ohio River for their water supply. They've turned off the valve. Sure, they can say it's precaution, but it tells me they have to believe there's a chance that stuff's coming down the river. Sure. Sure. It's just unbelievable. There was a, I seen a thing on a trucking tribe. Somebody had posted a statement about all of this. Of course, I replied, I think the reason Sleepy Joe and the Funky Bunch has it went 
is because their administration is a train wreck and they don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah, could it, yeah. I mean, just, so, it, it's bad enough I've been so frustrated for the last couple of weeks because the federal government is ignoring this and it, there are so many implications. The people right there obviously need the help the worst right now, but we also have to be looking at downriver and downwind and this, it looks like a really really big disaster with lots of imp- implications. I'm going to start checking on where any of my food comes from, and I don't want it coming from anywhere near that part of the country or anywhere where that stuff's spreading to. Yeah, I used to gravitate, and I would go to Kroger. Of course, in Ohio, they're like the biggest. And if it says I'm local on the right. tag, I would gravitate to it. And right, I, me too. I, I got to rethink that. Yeah. Yeah. Guess I got to rethink that. So I keep trying to get in on health day and something happens on Wednesday every stinking week and I never get it done. You know what that is? So here, what's that? That's called the resistance. <laughs> Tomorrow's got a hold of my phone. Yeah. You got a Chrome catheter. That's right. From Mike Beckett. <laughs> so years ago, I had headaches like every day they would not stop so i went and seen a doc he was a do and talked to him about it and he come to the conclusion that what i'm describing is mild migraine that's what he said it was he gave me something called nortriptyline you ever heard of that i have not okay he said that in higher dosage like 150 plus milligrams a day it would used to be used as an antidepressant but they have found that in low dose, what he gave me was 10 milligrams, it would stave off mild migraine. So at that time, I didn't know any better, so I took it. And I did that for years. So I decided when I went to my doctor probably two months ago, I had this horrible infection. I could tell it was a sinus infection, and she agreed. So I asked her about the nortriptyline, the 10 milligram amount. I said, if I stop that, just cold turkey, Will that hurt me or do I need to titrate down? She said, that little bit, you could just stop cold turkey and it's not going to do anything to you. Now, I did have these symptoms I'm going to describe prior to stopping nortriptyline for three weeks prior. But oddly, I'm pretty sure I can correlate that the antibiotic she gave me was amoxicillin, 875 milligrams per pill to take two a day. I swear it got more intense during the course of that treatment. And by the end of it, I couldn't wait to take the last one because they always say, take it all. So I did. I swear it got worse when I took that. So now I am still dealing with a headache like I used to years ago, virtually every day. It's a mild headache. You can live with it, but you don't want to. So you had told me about the uneasy feeling when I would read and scroll like a computer screen or something that that was adrenal. So I just, I just happened to have a bottle of your ADB five might not have the letters, right? No, that's correct. That adrenal supplement. And so I started it. I just took one in the morning and that afternoon when I got home, I took the second one and you know, around dinner hour. Howdy. That did not like me. I felt really weird. So I said, okay, they say to titrate medication, why not titrate a supplement? Right. So I did one in 
did one in the morning for about two weeks, and then I started adding the second one, and it doesn't make me feel weird now when I add that second one later in the day. But I still have, it's very mild, but it's there. It's nothing I'm going to stumble and fall, but my head feels really strange. Um, so, And I'm thinking, do I need more for the adrenal? And in fact, I told you about the panic attack that I had. Right. And that but, really freaked that really freaked me out. So I'm actually got an appointment Friday to see my wife's heart doctor guy just to see do I have AFib? Is that what this is? I, I don't know. I'm a little freaked out. So my advice would be not to visit any traditional cardiologist. I figured you would say that, but okay. Well, here's the thing. Are you willing to take their advice? If you have if, if you do have AFib, they're gonna put you on a blood thinner. I, I really, I mean, this is true. I wouldn't go to these doctors because I'm never going to take their advice. So, I, you know, guess if they're close and you want to use them for testing, you could do that. But just know that if you show any signs of AFib, they'll put you on a blood thinner. That's what they do. It's all they do. They're going to push you to go on a statin. I mean, all of this crap, I deal with all that. Why not make an appointment with Dr. Wolfson if you're worried about AFib? Okay. He'll help you with all of this. Oh, the adre- Go to your doctor and talk to him about adrenals and watch the way they look at you. They'll look at you like you have three heads. You can't talk <laughs> about weak adrenals with a doctor. They, they don't know what that is. So first off, if you're worried, I would do this with, with Dr. Wolfson. I would not go to a traditional cardiologist. Second off, and this isn't a big deal, but doing any of the mushroom adaptogens, well, I did buy the coffee and I did buy the hot chocolate. I drank a cup of the coffee and whoo, howdy, did I feel weird after that. So I've been afraid to do it again. Yes, see, I, I think that might actually be the sign that we're on the right track. I mean, I, I, if I were you and I admit it, I don't understand the entire adaptogen thing the way Danielle does, does where she, you know, zeroes right in on exactly which one I need. But here's the thing. There's only one downside to just loading up with these adaptogens. There are no health downsides at all. The only downside is the cost. You're going to spend some money to do it. But if I were you, I would just load up on all of them. I'd focus on the reishi, but I would throw in the lion's mane and the cordyceps now and then. And I would be drinking two functional mushroom drinks a day right now and just see what happens. Now you talk because all I have is the coffee with the reishi, and I have the hot chocolate packets. Both are good. I would get That's the real. reishi elixir, and I would get the the other cacao we have. We have two cacaos. I think the other one is cordyceps instead of reishi. I would get both of those, and then I think we have four elixirs. I think we have elixir for all the the groups: defend, perform, think, and chill. Those are the four groups. I'd be mixing them all up. Be drinking them whenever. I wouldn't worry about any kind of schedule or, but I'd be drinking one or two of those every day for right now and just see what happens. So, have you ever put the little hot chocolate packet in the Rishi coffee? I wondered about that. Would it be like coffee mocha? Is that any good? It's darn good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Put a little, should you put a little butter in it, whip it up, kind of like, uh, what? You do your NDK stuff? Well, why a little butter? Why not two tablespoons of butter, two tablespoons of coconut oil, a cap full of light balance, five drops of vitamin D, and a packet of reishi? If I do that, my innards are going to be in the john. 
driver. Yeah, well, there's butter then. Yeah, put throw some butter in there. Okay. All righty, sir. I'll let you be. All right. You get more. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Let's uh, let's go to Ohio this time. Velo, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, you there in Central Florida? I am from Central Florida, but I live in uh, Akron, Ohio now. Did the opposite I did. I was from Akron, Ohio, and I moved to Central Florida. (laughs) I did opposite things. Yeah. Yes, sir. Just a couple things on my mind regarding the water situation. There's a big Niagara bottling plant right in Imperial, Pennsylvania, which bottles a bunch of water for Sam's BJ Club. Coca-Cola and all kinds of basically all the big ones. That's a that's and a good point. People about, people need to pay attention. We just assume that bottled water is always clean. And and it is somewhat, but a lot of this is coming from municipal water supplies that that treat it, that it's clean because it's been filtered and treated and which is okay, I guess, not a big deal, but we need to start paying attention because a lot of these water supplies may now be tainted. Exactly. And uh, you never know in the water testing what they're actually testing for. Maybe the chemical, they don't have testing facility for that. Stuff. Correct. You never know. That, that could be an issue, too. And, uh, you know, especially from that facility in the Imperial, Pennsylvania, I delivered, like, all, like, Northeast Ohio into Niagara Falls, New York, through Pennsylvania, and uh, basically all over the place. Uh, that's, that's one of the concerns. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, we're talking about uh, sinuses and uh, throat issue. I was just there last Wednesday and Thursday uh, going through that area. I was actually in Imperial, Pennsylvania, driving to Syracuse, New York. And on my way back from Syracuse on Thursday, I noticed my throat was kind of sore. But then on Friday, I noticed um, that I'm having a runny nose and uh, almost like a coughing. But it's getting better right now. And I'm thinking about it could be the allergies. But also I was in that, you know, in that area over there. So that could be it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right now we are in that time where we are the trees are actually budding right now. So we are starting to see elevated pollen. And even if you're really healthy, your body will still react negatively to pollen and and those are irritants to us. And the, the fact that you get these kind of allergy symptoms is sometimes just a sign our immune system is nice and strong and it's fighting this stuff off. So even really healthy people will get some of these symptoms right now, but now we've got this whole chemical shitstorm confusing the whole thing. Yes. One thing that's interesting, I'm not sure how exactly this stuff works, but uh, Clinton, Ohio, that's uh, basically almost like 80 miles west of uh, uh, East Palestine. They sent out the warning letters for the water quality in that area, which, I don't know, seems like it's upstream from the place, but also at the same time, they're sending out the warning letters to the township of Clinton. You know, it's it's actually kind of confusing trying to follow the water tables. I mean, we always think of them going south 
because most rivers do flow south, but there are several rivers that flow north, even some big ones. I lived on one in Florida. St. John's actually flows north out of the Everglades, and it runs all the way up to Jacksonville and then dumps out into the ocean. Yeah. So there uh, could be, you know, lot, most lot of, of that water yeah. out of Ohio is flowing west and south, but it looks like when I tried to study the rivers and the tributaries, it looks like there are some that could take that water north up into like Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a big concern. Like a lot of people don't think about it, how big that this trail is, and there's Basically, hardly any media coverage about it. When, when can you maybe keep it quiet? When can you ever remember something like this happening? We have this train; it derails. Now we know there's eleven cars laying there with highly volatile, toxic chemicals in them. Before we even know that this has happened, there was very, very little news coverage of the train wreck itself. And before we, most people in the country even know anything was happening, they made the decision to ignite this stuff and burn it? That never happened before. What the hell? I don't know. I don't understand it. I have different beliefs in all kinds of systems of what's going on in the world right now. But I think somebody is trying to cover up for somebody else in this situation. Just to treat, just to keep it quiet. I don't know. For lately, it's been you know, the Union Pacific. Uh, you know, the, the law, not the lawsuits, but the protest, whatever you call it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the government is trying to cover for uh, the railroads. Never know. Certainly seems like it because they're just totally ignoring the whole issue, and this isn't the kind of issue a government should ignore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on these days. I don't either. It gets me thinking. Yeah, it makes my mind spin around in a, in a circle. And it seems like everything is covered up these days in, in the news or any anything in the world these days. I, I agree. And it, like I said, I got to stop myself sometimes. I've spent so much time trying to research this, trying to figure out what's true and what isn't true. And, and it's now affecting my health and my sleep. But I just think we have to. I don't think there's any choice. We can't ignore this. Let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I have a little bit of a twist on this. I remember watching an interview. I don't know. It was one of Tucker Carlson's interview about a banker. It was an investment banker. And he started a Twitter account about Goldman Sachs, some kind of satire account. But anyway, through that, through that, he was, he had a, a unique job in the investment banking world where he took the back end deals and matched them with, with public financing. You know what I mean? And so he kind of got a good overall view of everything, but he mentioned a few things when these crises, these financial crises have, how they were so disconnected from the regular people. And I got to thinking about that over the weekend, about that interview. And I remember I had a really good friend who had a catering business on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. So, you know, it was a serious business. It was, he had a couple of floors and a brownstone up on the Upper East Side. And one of his customers was Deutsche Bank. And in the housing collapse, through the housing collapse, Deutsche Bank used to do, 
either off-site parties or parties up on the Upper East Side at his facility. And so instead of doing that, they, they did a party out in the Hamptons and called it a picnic. It was actually double the cost, but because it was a picnic, not a, not a venue, it looked a lot cheaper to everybody. So I feel this is an elite problem. They don't care what really happens. And it's gotten worse over the decades because if you go back to when Michigan was still, fi- they're still fighting the water crisis, Obama went there and drank the local tap water to give a sense of security to the people that they're doing things. And the disconnect now and the, I think the lack of, of, uh, uh, responsibility and training. I mean, these people, like we said, they fail upwards. There is no more people in the skill level is gone. You know, they would be on site. Who burns chemicals that are going to turn into a phosgene gas? <laughs> I think it's just an, I think it's just an inherent failure in, in, in the lack of training, the lack of let's pass everybody. So our numbers look good. Let's take all the let's take all the money given to these organizations and give it feed it upwards to the bureaucracy, and let the teachers starve at thirty thousand dollars a year. It's just you know, I just think it's just a whole cultural cultural problem that we have. There's no doubt that it's so widespread now, and and it's just really hard. Human beings, if we don't get information, we start making stuff up. That's just what we do. And that's where we're at. We're not getting enough information. So I'll readily admit a lot of what we talk about, we're making up. But it seems logical based on the information that we do have. Right. But you know what also fuels this is that how they're trying to, you have Buttigieg saying that there's over a thousand derailments across the country every year. Like this is, they're minimizing this. You know, it's the border. They're minimizing this. It's an immigration thing. It's not a border crisis. Well, they kind of go hand in hand, but they're two different things in the same, you know, they're two different things also. There's a border crisis because the women and children are being raped coming across the border and and sex traffic, all the illegal drugs and everything else that's coming across the border. So that's not an immigration problem. So, you know, very good, the left, not the liberals, the left, it's, there is a distinct difference between both of them, but left is very good at controlling language and controlling the narrative. And unfortunately, we have people. I mean, look, if you just take a microcosm, look what Don Le- Don Lemon said about his co-hosts, demonizing Nikki Haley, but his two co-hosts are, are in that category, too. And he's pissed off because he lost his show at night. So he's just lashing out at everybody. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a disconnect. It's such a disconnect in the in the. The people that are supposed to, that we put in charge to oversee everybody, there's such a disconnect that they, they forgot what they're really there for. Yeah. You no, know, it seems like in the last couple of election cycles, elections aren't even the answer anymore. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. The answer is to stay involved. Keep, keep your, try to get your local districts the way you want them. And hopefully those people will strive to greater positions and, 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 and maybe enhance the country as we go along. We can wish. I guess. Yeah, we can hope anyway. But I want to talk about my numbers because 
my body battery is still staying on in the mid range and it, it was up in the 80s Saturday and now I'm down in the 40s again. I worked out pretty hard with the stress protocol and I've been eating fairly clean. I think it may be just time. Any ideas? What are you doing as far as the physical protocols? Doing 40 minutes in the in the blanket with the Wim Hof breathing four rounds. I'm doing the stress. I'm doing uh, three days on the X3. I'm doing uh, I'm doing a push pull. I'm not doing the X3 workout. I'm doing shoulders and arms on one day, chest and back on another day, and legs by themselves on the third day. Okay. And then I'm doing a cold shower, probably between three and four minutes, as cold as and, I can stand it. Have uh, you seen any increase yes. in your average HRV? Well, that has been starting to come back. I've been seeing that starting to come back because I got down to that unbalanced a couple, about a week and a half ago. And then I did drink weekend before last again, and that knocked me back off to unbalanced. So today I'm back up to 29 and balanced. I feel pretty good. I just noticed that my body battery is not coming back as like I thought it was, like I thought it would. Right. When that happens, what I've found is... We need to identify the things that are improving your HRV, and we need to try to do more of them. We, we should okay. see, we should be able to, to get our HRV. Actually, I'd like to see people push it in the beginning and get it unbalanced on the high side. Have you ever been there yet? I got you. Not yet. No, I haven't. Almost like to see you push the, and you may even see your body battery tank a little bit more often when you do this. But I, if we can get okay. you beyond that balance, we get you unbalanced to the high side, then we let it drop back and we stay in that high balanced place. And our HRV should get higher every day or every week at least. You know, we'll go back and forth a little bit, but kind of like the stock market, it might sure. go up and down, but we want it to overall be going up. And that's really... Yeah, I mean, I I do see a lot of things happening better. Sleep is starting to improve to some degree. I've been doing a lot of the elixirs. At night, I do greasy coffee with my wife. I I put a packet of elixir in my coffee, not in hers. She, she's getting a good... She likes doing it with me. Good. I've been doing the performance sync in my NDK coffee a couple times a, a week. Maybe I should up that. I don't know if you think. I, I, no, I just think a that. good balance of all the adaptogens are probably healthy for us during this time. If we can identify one that actually starts improving our HRV, then I would focus on it. I do have two devices, headband kind of things that, I have shown that they increase HRV. I'm just, you know what I'm getting ready to do? And you're one of the people I'm probably going to reach out to. I think I might want to do a kind of mini challenge before we finalize all of this stuff and roll it out. I'd like to get maybe five okay. to 10 people that are where you are, where you've been playing around with this stuff and and have like all of us kind of go through a mini challenge on our own and see what else we can learn. Okay. Okay. You also have to send me the stuff on that the, the dental stuff to look at. Oh yeah, that's right. I think somebody else asked for that online yeah. and I forgot to do that too. I got to go back and look. Yeah. Also being a low, uh, religious cult member here, the reason yeah. we don't get too many people is because we don't drink Kool-Aid. We drink kombucha, which is a lot more expensive. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. All that. Uh, 
you know, all that grass-fed beef and butter and kombucha. We're a pretty exclusive club. <laughs> but uh, I think now the the whole the whole mindset of when you're you're a tolerant leftist only if you agree what I agree is the whole mindset around our our culture with everything now. If you don't agree with me, we have to make you agree or or you know completely uh, what is it uh what do they do they they uh target you what do they call it cancel cancel you. Yeah. yeah so i think that's where we're at in a lot of this a lot of, and it is it is more like a religion and i think because country's getting more secular that people are trying to find something that they can believe in and believe in almost like like a religion so yeah seems uh, like that it might be some of it too just, just some, just some thoughts today on a, on a open Monday there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's getting a little crazy. Gonna move along. We're gonna head off to Kansas this time. Cody, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. So, uh, my question is on MTC oil. I've heard you say in the past that you don't like the powdered stuff because it's just an extra process to it. Right. But I moved from regular trucking into being a transporter, transporting my truck. And I stay in a hotel every night and I fly back to get more trucks. Do you know of any containers to put the MTC oil in where they don't leak? That's a tough one. The container has been a big issue. Uh, you know, in a case like this, I might use the powdered. If it's just that much more convenient, okay. I may switch to the powder in that case. Okay. And do you got a brand that you would recommend? I know you really don't recommend brands, but... Well, I do recommend brands all the time. I mean, if we, yeah, I have no problem no. recommending a brand. If we like a product, we either recommend it or bring it into our store. In this case, I don't have one just because I haven't tested any. Okay. So just play around. And like you say, I you didn't got any test any. Bulletproof, you may, may want to go check out Bulletproof. I don't know what they have anymore. Bulletproof used to have a product that was basically Bulletproof coffee in a packet. So it had the butter and the coconut oil, and I forget what else may have been in there. But the stuff was just awful. I mean, it just did not like the taste of it was my biggest problem with it. I'm looking to see if they still have anything like that or not. Looking, let me look in their MCT oils. Let's see if they have anything like the instant, like they used to. They actually, they have Brain Octane C8 MCT oil in packets. So they do have... Awesome. They do awesome. have it, just the oil in packets. I'm looking to see. They may have dropped the butter and oak. And uh, oil, because I don't think it's sold all that well because it didn't taste very good. Uh, if you just want the brain octane, you can actually get that in packets or you can get their MCT oil in packets. The difference, brain octane is pure C8. Their MCT oil is a blend of C8 and C10. Okay. All right. I'll be on the lookout for it at Sprouts. And I think Sprouts would be the best bet to find it, I think. Or just order on Amazon and it'd come to me. You know, if I were you, just order or do it directly carry it in your store. Order it. We don't carry it in our store, no. But you could order it directly from Bulletproof. 
Okay. Well, I've never been to their website. I've looked at them on Amazon, but never went to bulletproof.com and looked at them. You'll, you'll find you got far, any ideas on, you'll find a lot more products on their site than you will on Amazon. Okay, cool. I will go and check them out. Do you got any ideas on butter that would be room temperature stable? All butter is room temperature stable. Okay. I okay. never refrigerate. So I well, just take now let me, butter. Let, me, let me correct this. We keep a lot of butter in stock, just like we keep everything else in stock. Now I have, you know, fresh butter that I buy, you know, a case at a time. So we probably usually have on hand, we probably have 20 to 30 pounds that stays in the refrigerator. Uh-oh. Once I go to use it, it comes out of the refrigerator and stays out of the refrigerator. Okay, so I wouldn't have a problem keeping it out of a refrigerator in a truck all day or the, the on an only, airplane or anything like that. Go bad. Now, it could, if it's if it's exposed to high temperatures for long periods of time in the truck, and I'm talking over months, weeks at least, it might start to go a little rancid if you've got a lot of hot in the truck. But you would only leave out, you know, when I take a pound of butter out of the refrigerator from everything we have stored, that pound of butter probably only lasts us a couple of days. I mean, we, we use four tablespoons yeah, yeah. a day just for coffee. I, I would have no problem leaving butter out on my counter for weeks. In the truck, one thing you're going to want to make sure is it's in a container that if it melts, it's not going to make a mess. Because butter will start to melt at right yeah. around, you know, 75, 80 degrees, it'll start melting. So that's all you really need to worry about. Is it just melting, but I could just carry it with me from place to place to place? Yeah, but just put it in some sort of a container where it doesn't matter if it melts. Okay, good deal. I appreciate it because I miss my bulletproof coffee. I've been doing this since August, and I could go back to one mil a day if I had my bulletproof coffee. There you go. Yep. You, you can, you can do it. It uh, takes a little bit of prep work. All right. Looks like uh, Morgan looks like I've got one more call there in the queue. I'll take that and I'll, uh, I'll let everybody know we're, uh, I guess we are about two hours into this today. Uh, I'm going to grab this last call. If you want to jump in, let me refresh, make sure I still have that call. Yeah, it's in there. We'll grab this last call. If you want to jump in, there's still time. 855-950-3835. What do we got going on this week? I'm not even sure yet. I've got to check. Tomorrow will be the power hour. Wednesday. Who do I have this Wednesday? I'm not sure. I'll have to check. I know I've got a guest on Wednesday, Destination Health. Um, Thursday... We've got uh, a free-for-all, I think, nothing strange or exciting happening on Thursday. I will be doing some recorded shows this week because we're going to be on the road for a couple weeks. Uh, I'll make sure we have original content. All right. Calls are starting to come in again, so I guess we'll keep going. Go to Arizona. Gene, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. What's on your mind today? I thought you uh, at said there triggered a thought in my mind where your, your comment was uh, who would burn a chemical that would release a gene into the atmosphere.
and you're breaking up really bad. I'm going to put you back in the queue and see if we can save that line. Let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome to the program. What's up, Kev? Quick thing. Uh, I, I just, just hope that Brian does call you back and does take it serious because listening to him, it sounds to me like he's not being honest with himself. There, there's a. I'm not, I don't want to pick on anybody. I just don't want. I, I have my own truck. I was leased to somebody when I, I didn't know a damn thing I was doing this years ago, and I gave it up. I didn't lose any money on it, but listening now, listening to you all this time to hear how easy it is and to do the right thing, it just seems like there's something that he's not he's being honest with himself, or I don't think he's, he's, he's just hoping it's a mathematical problem. I think it is. I think it's a. a terminology and math problem is dealing with. I think we're using, he's, he's using different terms. He's taking, saying things like take home when it's really not. And we shouldn't use take home in a business. That's more of an employee term. You know, it's different. It's taxes taken out, but in a business terms are specific. Net profit is a very, very specific number. And if you say it, and then you take one of those numbers out and it's not in there like he was separating maintenance, I'm going to be totally confused. And I I don't want – one of the problems with doing what I do, giving advice over the radio like this, is is you know you never have all of the information. You just can't. I mean, it's not like I can look through his tax return and look through his accounting and, you know, get all the details. So dealing with less than perfect data – but then when I get a call like this, it was so confusing about what numbers we're really talking about that I can't give him any advice until I can understand what we're miscommunicating about. Absolutely. And you know what I know is, like I said, I guess I, it's frustrating, and I can imagine how frustrating it is to you. Like, and I'm not picking on anybody today, but just listening, like Kevin, I know I first took, I started doing this, I started doing, I stuck to it, you know, the, the guidelines you said. And it worked. And when I pray from it, I see it, and I know why why my numbers are shitty. Or right. but I'm listening to some people, and it's like, don't they're not being. I said this before, and again, I'm not picking on anyone, calling anybody out. Man, if you want help, just be honest, man, because it sounds so. I don't be blunt. Sounds to me like a lot of people are bullshitting you, Kevin. Well, That's what it sounds like. I- I'm pretty good at telling the difference. And if somebody's bullshitting me, you, you'll usually hear me come down on them really hard. And at some point, I'll usually just get rid of them. I didn't do that with him. I came down on him kind of hard, but only so I can get to the right information. I, I'm positive he's not bullshitting me. I'm positive he's not lying to okay. himself. I believe is that we just have some confusion around the terms and the math. That's all I think is going on here. I don't okay. think yeah. he's bullshitting. I don't think he's lying to himself. I think he's trying. I think he's doing a good job. And I think there's real potential here. That's why I want to make sure I get the right information and I give him the best advice. Right, yeah. Because I think he is doing a lot of things right. And, and the thing too is like, you know, I mean, I, I realize people don't real the stuff that you're helping everybody with. If you were to go to an accountant or somebody, even just to talk to them, these are two kind of people. You're going to get the person that's going to help you and do the right thing by you, or you're going to get someone that's going to take you for a ride. Yeah. So to get the information that you're given to 
people and 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 people. I think like I see people that aren't taking it serious. And beyond honest with you, that pro- I look at it sometimes they get mad because they're wasting somebody else's time that you could take that's really not doing their business right or health wise and change their life like you did to me. You know what I mean? And make you aware of things. I mean, Sometimes it seems like there's certain, I don't know, it's, I, I guess I'm getting ornery like you said. Like you said, I don't know. It's just like I'm listening to this and I'm getting frustrated. I'm like yelling at the radio and I'm like, well, man, I don't know this guy. I don't know. Again, I, you know, I'm not picking on but it just didn't seem right. And I just hope yeah, everybody I, realizes when they call in, just, you know, be honest and tell you if you want help, just be honest. If you, listen, if you screwed up your finances, there's nothing you can do. You not have to, to say that. Only thing you can do is make it better, and you got you're asking the questions, so there's a start. So try and give the right info to get yeah, the help. I, I was more. I know it probably doesn't sound this way, but during that call, I was more frustrated with myself than I was with him. I think he's doing the best he can with what he knows at this point. I feel like it's my responsibility to help him figure this out, and I'm frustrated with myself because I wasn't able to. Right. Right. But again, you don't have the numbers. Like, all right, I'll let you get going. I do because that. Please, I don't want people to think I'm picking on anybody. Or just when you call and you want help, man, you got to have the numbers. Just honest, man. Cause the only way you're going to get the right answer. Yeah, no, get- I I agree, and I think he was being completely honest. I think there was some confusion, and I wasn't able to help him understand it. I think most people know this is a no snowflake zone. I'm pretty hard on people even when I agree with them and I want to help them because sometimes you have to be. And sometimes, like I said, it's my challenge that I'm not explaining something correctly or I'm not asking the right questions. I was more frustrated with myself on that call. Let's go to Arizona. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Sounds like you're having a wonderful day today. Not bad for a Monday. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say about the, you know, you were talking earlier, uh, forget his name, but you were talking about the carnivore diet and the vegetarian diet and how they were, he was making the, making the statement, as you were too, about the carnivores, how we're feeling, you know, to, to be able to survive and eat and all that. Well, they're doing the same thing to plants. You got to, you know, so, cut down stocks off them all so they're damaging the plant. Well, so here's the interesting thing, because I've I've asked a bunch of vegans about this. First off, they don't believe Uh plants are what they call sentient beings. So they don't feel like plants have feelings or morals or anything like that. So they're okay killing plants. So you can't, can't go down that road with them. They're fine with that. Now, when I took it further and said, well, wait a minute. If the whole thing about this isn't has nothing to do with health or anything else, you're only doing this because you think it's wrong to kill animals. What about all the animals we kill when we harvest plants, when we grow plants? You can't plow up an entire field, (laughs) thousands of acres to plant kale or spinach or corn or whatever without killing a lot of living things, not plants. We're talking rodents mammals, bugs, they're okay with that. I've asked them this question, and their answer seems to be, well, well, we kill less that way. So they are willing. Now, if you try to go down the health road, they'll just argue that carnivore isn't healthy. Well, what am I going to do? I'm never going to convince them. I believe carnivore is healthy. 
and I'm not going right. to sacrifice my health to eat a bunch of plants so that we kill fewer. It, I don't even know that anybody can prove we kill fewer. They don't, they don't seem to right. have a well, whole they, lot of love for insects either. Insects don't seem to be all that important to them, right. even though those are living things. Yeah. Well, the other thing you can go with, you know, talk about all these uh, solar farms are being put out that kill all the rodents and mammals. And well, the other kill the insects. The other big Maybe. one I'm wondering about is many of the. And again, here's where we start to confuse ideologies. Why are so many vegans also in favor of green energy and green environment? Why, why do those two things go together? I'm not sure about that, but they do. And they, their priorities seem to be really screwed up. There's another green technology right now. I don't know if anybody else is seeing this because, again, I'm not seeing it much on the mainstream media. All along the East Coast, all this winter... Whales have just been washing up on the East Coast dead for some reason, and we can't figure out why. The right. numbers are, are really, really high, way above the averages. Big whales just washing up on the East Coast beaches dead. They think it might be because of all the windmills we're putting out in the water. Yeah. Yep. Well, and uh, I want to thank you too, Kevin, on the uh, heads up on that uh, summit that Dr. Wilson's doing and all that. I've been listening to a lot of that, and I've been really, really glad to you know hear different aspects of things and the way that they're planning stuff and good giving a more complete, you know, how do I say it, uh, information yeah. to make better decisions. Yeah, when you get thirty or forty people all focused on the same topics, but coming at them from different angles, you really get a lot of good insight. That's why we like these summits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I'm, I still got ten days to go through yet, so Excellent. I've been listening to almost all of them. Good. The second day, I missed out on a couple and got locked out of them now, so I can't get back into them. So I'm kind of upset about that, but anyway. All okay. right information let's uh let's roll along we're gonna head to north dakota sarah and vic welcome good morning i just wanted to share with everybody i posted it in the tribe earlier uh, if you are bored waiting for your credits to roll on audible there is a screen where you can go to uh, your account in the bottom and then click the little uh gear in the top and you will be able to find a lot of books that are included in your membership. Like I was just, there's hundreds of them. I was scrolling through and probably picked about an additional 50 that I was like, wow, this is included and added it in. And I've already listened to about six of them in the last couple of days. There's the a lot of really cool stuff out there that you can fill your fill your head with instead of um, depressing news. Uh, one of them, actually, we should probably share around a lot more. It's called the Great Cholesterol Myth. Oh yeah, uh, isn't that they just revised Johnny Bowden? Revised and expanded it. Yeah, yeah, Donnie Bowden and Stephen T. Sinatra. They just revised it and expanded it in 2020. Uh, that was a really good one. And 
another a short one that you might not think to listen to, but had some really great stuff in it, is called Aging as a Spiritual Practice, Com- Contemplative Guide to Growing Older and Wiser. And, you know, it's never too early to grow old with grace, to start, to start uh, you know, shifting your mental mental awareness to getting older and wiser as opposed to grumpier and, and things are falling apart in the world as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fighting that right now. It's hard to stay positive when you are immersed in all this crappy news all day long. Yeah. So I decided to grab a bunch of those included in memberships out there and just consuming them. And it's really turned my mind around the last week. That's a really good idea. You're right. There, there's a lot of, a lot of resources when you've got that subscription and there's a ton of stuff to listen to. So just wanted to share that with everybody. You guys have a, a great day. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's head off to Michigan. Brandy, welcome to the program. Okay. Oh, thanks, Kevin. I was listening to uh, Dave Nemo and he was talking, or Dan actually was doing his sub-host. They were talking about something that you heard at, I think, the conference you went down with Dr. Wilson in Vegas, that there are people actually being arrested now for these uh, these uh, scams where they're deliberately hitting trucks. And um, he had him on for quite a while. I think his name was Eric. And then uh, talking about the whales, messes with the windmills, messes with their their way they signal each other. That's the speculation, right? Nobody's proven this yet, but it's something we should be talking about and trying to figure out when giant mammals wash up on the beach dead. Something's wrong. Yeah. And then your guest last Wednesday, I really think she's spot on about what's happening in, in the world, about everything all chaotic. I really feel that's true. You know, I, I hear your stress and, and it's causing you to get sick. But if you can accept it, then even if it is crazy, but you can come to terms with it and prepare for it, I suppose. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Uh, my biggest challenge yeah. is trying to just find out what the real information is. And I don't even want to go down the road of disinformation, misinformation, all that crap. But but it's the biggest challenge is just yeah. trying to figure out why is our government not all over East Palestine? Why isn't the media all over it? Maybe it's not as big of a deal as what we think it is. But how will we ever know? Because they just lie to us and gaslight us constantly. Yeah, I've mentioned ESGs before. You know, I listened to Glenn, and he's talked about that. He talks about also that um, there are two factions. One, one, you know, is what your guest has said, the World Economic Forum. They want a one-world government. And then you have China and Russia that wants to maintain what they're doing. So there's like a battle for for supremacy and uh and I think they're trying to do is mess everything up so that we cry uncle and we, we want the government to fix it, which is what they always do. Break it, then they come along to fix it. That yeah. top down, bottom up kind of thing. And I really, your guest said it. She was really 
right on on that. And um, a lot of that information can be found on Telegram, just like she said. And uh, yeah, I, there was something else, but my brain is not allowing me to have it. So, Got yeah. it. All right. Well, with that, because that's plenty. Uh, I don't disagree with it. I wish I knew what to do. And I, I think that's why I'm, um, it's a good thing I've been working on my sleep and stress protocol for the last couple of years because I need it right now. Uh, sleep is shot again. And I will say this time, this time my sleep is because I'm having a hard time shutting off my brain. That's never, ever been my problem. I'm fairly adept at, at, um, at mindfulness and meditating and turning off my brain and controlling my thoughts. I've been able to do that for years or decades. That's never been an issue for me. And all of a sudden it is. And I'm struggling with it. I, I Sometimes I just want to turn off all the news and say, I'm just going to ignore it. I don't think I can. So I have to figure out how to continue to stay on top of this without losing my mind. Um, which is something I'm probably going to go work on right now because I think we're going to wrap this up. We're out of calls. We will see you back here tomorrow for the power hour. Let me see if I had, oh, uh, one update here I want to mention. Joel was not with us. Joel Mora wasn't with us on Friday. He was busy working on uh, his iTorque program with Volvo. He's got a great program going on. We're following him the easiest way to find it is go to letstruck.com. We put it right up on the top banner. Uh, you can click on it and find out what, uh, what Joel's got going on with that program. Interesting stuff. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always the hard work and master the journey.